0: Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, we're talking with Carlene Link about medical blogging. Hope you enjoy the episode. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Dr. Carlene Link, who is a clinical pharmacist that works in the inpatient setting for a level one trauma hospital. She completed her undergraduate at John Carroll University, received her PharmD from the Ohio State University College of Pharmacy, and completed her PGY-1 residency at Mount Carmel St. Anne's Hospital. In 2010, she became a board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist. Carlene began her career as an internal medicine clinical specialist, where she worked inpatient rounding with her teams for five years, and then moved into the business sector working for an international drug information company for another five years. But following the birth of her second child, she stepped back from corporate America to raise her kids while returning to the clinical setting. As a mom to two active boys, she is a workout enthusiast who loves fashion, cooking, traveling, and reading. And as an active medical blogger, Carlene is extremely passionate about empowering busy moms in healthcare to embrace their work-life harmony, advancing the profession of pharmacy, and inspiring and motivating the next generation of pharmacy leaders. So be sure to go follow her at Dr. Carlene Link over on Instagram. Carlene, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Oh, Hillary, thank you so much for having me. I'm
0: truly, I'm honored. Well, thank you for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can share a little bit about your personal life or fill in any gaps from that those intros.
1: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for that that intro. Um, I know we tried to cover a lot of ground in a little bit, but yeah. So I um, to kind of piggyback off of what you said. When I entered the workforce post residency, I started off as a clinical specialist in internal medicine, which I didn't know if I was going to like that because it's such a broad specialty, but I ended up loving it because it's such a broad specialty. And I got some really excellent experience at both a, a, large, insta, a large institution and a smaller institution where I started to um, precept students uh, regularly. So that was wonderful. Um, I split my time between um, both a hospital rotation and an internal medicine rotation. Um, and that was at the second hospital, that might my, my second point in my career. And then um, jumped into corporate America for a few years. That was a really interesting aspect. I never thought I would be interested in business. It opened my eyes to other opportunities. Um, so during that time, I also worked on a business on the side and grew that um, for about the last five and a half years. Um, and it's something that created residual income for my family, which was great. And then, in, you know, in between that I became a mom to, to two little boys, and they're the joys of my life. I'm also married to a clinical pharmacist. He is an oncology specialist by training, and he actually just left clinical practice to go into the management sector as he's uh, completing his MBA. So that's a little bit about us. And, you know, we really enjoy, um, we enjoy the challenges of, of working in medicine and balancing that with parenting. And, and uh, of course, this is currently being recorded in the time of the pandemic. So it's been a really interesting and eye-opening year for us. Absolutely,
0: and Carlene. Just so our listeners know, where are you? Uh, where are you calling in from today? What part of the the country?
1: I am calling in from the Midwest. So you be in the Midwest, yes.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's great to hear. A little bit more, and you know, it's it's fascinating to hear. Um, a lot of people are. Um, you know, when they go, they do a residency, or you know, you're in pharmacy school. You think, oh, I'm. You know, you, your eyes are kind of only open to clinical, um, you know, in a in a direct patient care setting where you're either in the hospital or clinic setting or um, community pharmacy. Um, but uh, you actually moved out of clinical practice into. Um, working for a drug company or a, a drug information company and then came back how did you how did you find that that was um, you know people that that go in and out did you feel like you had to brush up on anything like tell us a little bit more about kind of um, you know,
1: was it kind of the hours or you missed the clinical practice tell us about that decision yes it's so interesting um it's it's a little bit of everything truthfully so when i was in the midst of and i and you know i will be totally transparent here. I love being a clinician. Um, I I knew that's the type of pharmacy I wanted to practice. Um, Back in 2008, when I was a resident, it was a very different um, landscape, right? Now, residency has become extremely commonplace, which I love that. And there's all different types of residencies and people go on and Um, they really, a lot of people are forging, you know, their way and in in different ways that we didn't really even know about, you know, 10 years ago. So I I think that's great. But I was, I I was interested um, in checking out, working for a drug information company. Um, The hours were a little bit different. There was opportunity to work from home. We were considering starting a family. It was something that was completely new to me. And I would be bringing my clinical knowledge to a team, but I wouldn't be, you know, rounding with patients and precepting necessarily. So I knew it was going to be a big change. The hardest part for me was to understand that I wasn't going to be rounding with my teams anymore. So that was going to be a huge change, but I decided to take a chance. I thought it was going to be great experience. And I felt that I was young enough as a pharmacist that there would still be opportunity for me to come back into the clinical sector, knowing exactly what you just said, that I would probably have to brush up on some things because you, you do sort of lose, it's like a muscle. You sort of um, mm-hmm. atrophies a little bit when you're not used to doing it every single day. So when I ended up having my second son and I came back from maternity leave, um, the demands of the corporate job actually started to outweigh the the benefits of of me not being in a hospital. So what I mean by that is is it was a very demanding job. Um, They expected a lot of hours out of you, even though you're slated to work 40 hours a week, which I respect. And we had a lot of work to do. But I also at that time realized that I was at a point that if I didn't go back into clinical practice in some way, shape or form, it was probably going to be very difficult for me. And I was still only five years out and I had kept up knowledge in some ways, but I knew that there was going to be a big, you know, a bigger learning curve if I waited longer. So that was the right opportunity for me to step away from that. Um, I also wanted to work a little bit less because raising two kids that were three years apart in different phases of life, it was very challenging. So um, and the the company that I worked for was when I did go into the office, the commute was one hour, you know, there and one hour without traffic. So imagine when, you know, you're trying to do an eight to nine hour day, then you're driving. And then, of course, there's always work to be done outside of that as well. So that was kind of the expectation mm-hmm. with them and it wasn't fitting with my life anymore. So I, I had to make a change. So at that point um, I ended up going part-time as a clinical staff pharmacist. Um, and it took me some time. It took me a good six months to feel like, okay, you, you, you are, you're still a pharmacist. You know what you're doing. I felt like I had uh, almost like gained my confidence back a little bit um, because the, the challenges of my previous job had You know, it it had just kind of been so disruptive to my life um, towards the end. But then I started remembering, oh, I love figuring out, you know, interesting dosing questions. Oh, I love dosing vancomycin. I love walking residents through this. I love giving recommendations. Um, so that was really great for me. And then over the last couple of years, so it'll be, well, it's about two and a half years now, since I've been doing this, I work two to three days a week. We do a lot of clinical activity, which is like a vancomycin consult service, um, where we follow the vancos. We do renal dose adjustments. We do, um, clinical reviews of our, um, rehabilitation patients. So we'll do a chart review when they get within 24 hours of being admitted into our rehab facility. Um, we just, we do a lot and it's incredible. And our staff, it's so interesting because a lot of our staff at where I practice, we are, most of us are either board certified and or residency trained or have worked at this institution for many, many years. And people have, um, formulated like their subspecialties. So they can staff in peds and in oncology, but they also round, you know, it's just a really interesting and we take four residents too. So it's, uh, it, for me, it's exactly what I need right now. And, um, it's a very fast, fast paced institution. So I'm always learning, which is great for me. I need that. Yeah, that's
0: exciting. So, um, uh, Carlene, tell us a little bit more about the business that you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, how you like? What is that? How did you decide to grow that? Um, are you continuing with that right now? Um, tell us more about about that aspect.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I joined um, a skincare company and was growing a skincare business along with working full time as a mom and um, and and raising. Yeah. Raising kids, of course, and just you know, doing what we do as women. And I didn't know the reason why I decided to do it was I didn't know if I would be capable of doing it. I had never, you know, the business sector, like I had said, it opened my eyes to alternative opportunities. And I thought, what a smart way to potentially supplement our income, make some new connections, and of course, help people if they were interested in doing that. So through the business, um, I, you know, I grew my own clientele. I also grew a bit of a team and brought in residual income for the last five and a half years. And I still do have it. It's something that I'm not working on as actively, but I have a healthy clientele that still love the product. So I work with them and I work with the the ladies, um, who on my team had grown a business too. And, you know, we really enjoy that aspect. But what it truly did for me was it opened my eyes to what else is out there. And that kind of led me to open up my life a little bit more as a medical blogger on social media. And that's kind of currently where I'm at. Okay.
0: Uh, and then, so for the medical blogging, did, did you decide to do more of that whenever you started working for the drug information company, or what type of blogging are you doing? I think that's going to be a growing area as more and more people are turning to the internet to get their health information, it's really important to have accurate information out there um, from pharmacists, other healthcare professionals, and we're seeing more and more education uh, being consumed you know through Instagram or Facebook or or other um, methods like that um, are you primarily using Instagram as your your source for blogging do you have a blog tell us tell us a little bit more about what you mean by medical blogging
1: yes absolutely so currently my main outlet is Instagram but I do have a blog that is about 98% complete and is going to launch very soon. And it's, I'm I'm actually the one that's holding it off right now because I have to develop a couple of PDFs. But um, we're we're set, all uh, pretty much behind the scenes. So what I when I broke into Instagram when I made my profile public in the skincare business that I had grown, I had decided okay, <clears throat> Instagram would be a great way for me to instantaneously connect with people all over the world. And that's when that platform I felt like was it was getting a lot of traction it was actually i think before facebook bought it so this has been a couple of years but then as i grew into the space and i started connecting with not just people in the fashion realm which you know is a hobby of mine and i enjoy i started connecting with other um, medical professionals other pharmacists a lot of doctors doctors are you know very represented on instagram there's a lot of doctor bloggers um nurses and i thought to myself Carleen. This is a great opportunity for you to utilize some of your medical knowledge. Like you trained for this for a huge chunk of your life. So I started some a uh, series every single Friday. It's called Farm Fact Friday, and it's a hashtag that I created. And every Friday I drop a post with another healthcare provider where we provide some sort of generic medical background on a disease state or something within that person's specialty, and the drug and or therapy treatment options. And so it's been a really awesome way for me to not only showcase um, a place that you could get scientifically backed information in lay terms. I'm also showcasing Some really amazing healthcare providers who are pioneers and just doing great things in their fields, and then showing just as a pharmacist, I feel like we have such a unique role um, as a a central aspect of the healthcare team, where we, you know, have our unique niche of the medication knowledge, but we work with everybody on the healthcare team, right? We work with the doctors, we work with nurses, we work with the non-medical aspects, such as uh, the uh, the uh, social workers, for instance. We work obviously with the patients, or maybe we. Counsel the patients and the families are in the room. We also work with students and residents. So I thought, wow, I could really show how we connect as an interdisciplinary healthcare team and show how well, you know, we we all try to work together. To provide excellent patient care so every friday you'll find that and i'm going to create a highlight on my instagram like i said i have a laundry list of things to do but i have to create a highlight on my instagram but you can find it by just searching farm fact friday and you'll always see it's a a, a picture of myself like a, a collage picture with myself and the other person who's a guest blogger the other place that i am going to start moving this content into is my blog
0: i'm going to have
1: a spot for farm Fact fridays um and i'm also going to be working in Um, other parts of of, um, just the pharmacy niche as to helping students, how to really help, like I said in the bio, grow, motivate, inspire the next generation of pharmacy leaders, some tips for pharmacy students and or residents. And then of course, a huge passion of mine, because this is a space that I've lived in for so long, is empowering busy moms in healthcare to find their perfect harmony You know, between work and life, and it's going to look different for everyone. But I've had, you know, a journey with that for the last, you know, almost seven years of being a mom and working. And I I truly hope that I can help empower women to find that harmony.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Well, I certainly resonate with that as me with being a new mom. Um, My daughter is uh, almost five months now. And so yes, I think that it's so important um, for, you know, women uh, to really think about, you know, what do they want in their careers? What do they want out of life? And, you know, making that work because we have a lot of choices that we can make uh, with a pharmacy degree. And so whether we're um, wanting To work, you know, two or three days a week. That's certainly an option. Whether you're wanting to um, have some creative outlets and can do that through platforms like Instagram or other social media is great. Um, And yeah, of course, just connecting with other women is always so fun um, because. We have so many commonalities, and it's always great to um, lift each other up. So that's, of course, very important as well. Um, so, Carlene, another thing that, you know, is a big passion of yours is the pharmacy profession and, um, you know, students and and future uh future careerists as as students and residents are um, entering the ranks of um, pharmacists. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about um, what you see as some of the career options outside
1: of the traditional pharmacist role. So I'm really hopeful as pharmacy continues to advance that as, as we've been nationally recognized as healthcare providers, we still don't know what that means. So we, we don't have consistent billable CT, CPT codes across the board. Um, we don't have an opportunity yet to be a mid-level provider. And I truthfully think that with some help, with some lobbying with other pharmacists in the profession, students, residents, we can truly show how beneficial that we could be as mid-level providers, the 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 difference um, the differences that we you know we have in our training that we can bring to the table, and we have such an opportunity with medication um, reconciliation and MTM and even the physical exam. I mean, I know there are some clinics where pharmacists do perform they can perform a general physical exam, but there's no consistency like we see with the NPs and the PAs. And they've for, fortunately for them they've had some amazing um, Lobbying power with all of their um, their you know big groups coming together. We have not yet seen that. So I think in the future we're going to see pharmacists that see the value of this um, taking it into their own hands, hopefully, and and showcasing why this is such an important opportunity. Other areas that I think are really interesting. We're seeing pharmacists come up with their own consulting businesses um, to fill these gaps mm-hmm. because we're not um, we're not quite there yet. Again, with this this mid level provider um, status opportunity, so I think consulting, where you offer your services and you you form really great relationships and rapport with physician offices, and maybe you're in an office once a week and you're scheduling appointments and follow up appointments for difficult to manage patients or patients who don't quite understand all the medications they're taking. So I think that's a tremendous opportunity as well. And then what really gets my my fire lit, so to speak, is health startups. I think it's fascinating. I I see what some of our our female um, medical doctor colleagues are doing in terms of helping to consult with um, medical startups. They're participating in medical startups. They might be the director over the startup. Um, they're really like, they're, they're really like making a name for themselves. I would love to see more pharmacists like participate in that. And I know I have one pharmacist friend in general who is, you know, she's part of a startup that is, uh, uh, a um, essentially a pharmacy that delivers medications to patients' homes and what they're doing is amazing. So there is opportunity, um, it has to be sort of vetted a little bit and people have to, you know, you have to look into it. But if you have an idea that seems crazy, you should run with it and you should see if if you can make it happen because there are so many gaps in, you know, in the medical field that can be filled and needs to be filled. Um, but one exciting thing that I did see in retail pharmacy is that the pharmacy benefits managers, those big PBMs. Um, I know that there's been limitations placed on them by the Supreme Court. So I'm hoping that people who have desires to open up independent pharmacies can now start going back to do that. And maybe that's where they're gonna tie in their MTM and um, you know their vac- vaccination clinics and, and other sorts of consulting services. So there really is a lot of opportunity. I feel like we're in the infancy stages of this, but um, we as professionals have to work together to make this happen because, we're the ones that are going to push the profession forward.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of good tips for others on how to advance our profession. And um, yeah, we've just, we've got a lot of individuals that are um, pushing the envelope and um, you know, making a name for ourselves. I think one of the the biggest challenges that pharmacists ha- have always faced is public perception. You know, a lot of times, you um, people think, oh, pharmacy, they're the ones that work in, you know, behind the counter and they fill our prescription. And, um, there's so many other things that pharmacists do. And I think that, um, that's finally starting to be recognized, which is exciting. Um, well, great. Yes. There's just so much, um, so, so many different opportunities and things. Um, so Carlene, is one of our final questions that I love to ask all of our guests is, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career?
1: Oh, I have a couple of things. Is that okay? A couple of tips? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first is that when you make a commitment to um, dedicating your life to to becoming, you know, as highly trained as we are. And it's not just in medicine. I mean, we, we, we see this in other aspects, people become experts in areas, but especially, you know, I can relate to medicine. You can relate to medicine because we've dedicated many, many years of training to this. Just know that it's a process. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is there's going to be sacrifices. There's going to be times where, you know, you're going to miss things that you can't get back, but you're doing it because you have an end goal in mind. And the, the, the ends, to me, justifies the means to get there. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt. You know, you're going to miss family events, you might miss weddings, you might miss funerals, you might miss things that really mean a lot to you. But we're making these sacrifices because we're dedicating our lives to to, to helping people, essentially, that's what we're doing. So. Um, I try to tell myself to enjoy the process, understand that there's going to be sacrifices. You're going to have some trying times. That doesn't mean you don't belong. Don't ever let anybody tell you you don't belong. Um, You're going to um, encounter in your professional career um, situations that are less desirable. We still see gender inequity. We still see pay gaps. Um, We still see treatment, um, preferential treatment. It's going to happen. Do your best to learn from it. Try to have an open conversation, um, and just you, you have to just keep moving on, and, and you always have to stick with what's right. That's what I tell people, um, because we we do hear about those um, those instances still. And something that sticks with me too is remember what when you wanted what you currently have. I mean that that says for anything, and the yeah. dream is too big. So I don't think that when I see people, especially in the medical profession, who are pursuing other interests their passion projects, their um, desire to, to create additional income streams, which is nothing but smart, in my opinion. Um, you know, you, you can remember how difficult it can be to start something from scratch, or you could set these lofty goals that might seem really impossible. And when you don't achieve them on your own timeline, you feel like a failure and you want to quit. And you have to just remember and look back. Like, I do that all the time. I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. I should have had this done this past year. And I thought, just remember what you when you wanted where you're currently sitting. I mean, it's amazing what what you've done. And I don't think we, especially as females, we don't recognize that. So that's a piece of advice that I certainly hope people um, can carry forward. And, and I always tell, especially women, take your seat. You belong. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you don't belong. Um, you've worked really hard to get here. You're working really hard to get there. And don't be afraid to ask for help. That is something that I still struggle with to this day. But you know, life isn't meant to be lived on an island, okay? So if you need help, if it's personally, professionally, if you're in residency and you're struggling, if you're a student and you're hitting a wall and you just don't know where to go and you feel like quitting, don't do that, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I I don't care what people say, there is no stupid question because everybody's understanding of something varies. So please don't be afraid to ask for help. Yep,
0: awesome. Wow, Carlene, so many great um, pieces of advice, and um, I really love you know talking about um, how uh, you you always remember where you've come from or, you know, you, you never, or, or you see people, um, that seem like, oh, they've got it all. And I just think back to that picture of like an iceberg and it's like, oh, success is at the top. And then all of the things that are like underneath the water, it's like the hard work, the, this, the, you know, all the like sweat and everything are the failures. Um, so don't forget about all of the hard work that goes into it. Uh, but also to celebrate those wins and 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 milestones along the way, because as um, type, you know, many pharmacists are type A's. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of want to keep achieving and achieving and achieving. But um, it's always important to, to take a uh, pause and to celebrate how far we've come. So um, great tips. And Carlene, it was so great to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Hillary, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful time chatting with you. And I think what you're doing is incredible. And thank you again for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you.
0: For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and review this podcast it helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry we really appreciate your support in sharing this content thanks for listening to this episode of talk to your pharmacist produced by the pharmacy advisory group if you liked this episode let us know by subscribing to the podcast